This is Michael from Theme Park Brothers, and I would like to invite you to check out our YouTube channel. At Theme Park Brothers, we take you with us as we visit the Disney Parks, Universal Orlando, SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, and many other theme parks around the country. This summer, we took our viewers with us as we visited Canada for the first time. It brings us joy to share our experiences in hopes that it will inspire you and your family to get out and enjoy the parks. Our videos share our experiences in different ways. Some are walkthroughs with ambient sounds. In other episodes, we dive deep and have discussion. There is sure to be something for you at Theme Park Brothers. Head over and hit that subscribe button. Catch you on the flippity flop. Welcome to the Dub Dub Review, and this is our Halloween special. I'm your host, Chris Malik, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Peter Panacorvo. Peter, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing okay. Stacy Nyman, how are you? I'm good. Does my voice sound like one octave deeper? Am I giving like that spooky Halloween sound right now? You're giving a good Halloween voice, yes. <laughs> I credit to the cold. I credit <laughs> the illness I timed this perfectly beautiful i timed this well <laughs> so before we get started with our halloween show you know i thought we'd get ourselves in the appropriate mood here so we always talk about something good in our life how about if we go in the opposite direction can you tell me something either spooky scary shocking um in your life tell us a story stacy about something that's happened to you okay so i don't think I told this story on an episode. I definitely told the story about my Bishop Hill experience. If you haven't heard that one, feel free to message me. Um, but just recently, Scott and I went to a race in downtown Chicago. And we decided that we were going to stay overnight. And if you're my Facebook friend, you probably have seen all of what I'm going to say already. Um, he got a really good deal in a hotel downtown. Um, the congress plaza hotel and unfortunately we didn't read the yelp reviews before we checked in but we found out pretty quickly that um the congress hotel is one of the top 10 haunted hotels in america and uh it, it definitely lived up to its its um he got a killer deal reputation huh? yeah it was, it was like 120 <laughs> I, yeah i get it it was like 120 dollars for like right in front of grant park it was really great um, except for I couldn't sleep because I was terrified all night. Uh, we we that we we explored the hotel, uh, looking up some different stories that people had said. We knew what we were looking for after we kind of got over the fact that we were really really scared. But the scariest thing that happened—I won't go into great details of everything—but the scariest thing that happened was right when we were finishing up, we were going to head back to our room. I was Facebook living the entire time, walking through. The different areas of the hotel we got to the elevator and i shut the video off as soon as i shut the video off the lights went off in the elevator area where we were standing um it was like exactly the same time uh it they were only off for about a second or two and then they turned back on and we got our tails on that elevator and got out of the that hallway i went back to our room but that was we were so scared at that point, or I should say I was so scared. Scott was definitely not scared. He was tough and strong and protective, but no, he was really scared too. <laughs> Screaming um, like a little girl. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, that was, that was really scary. I don't even have evidence of it, but, um, yeah, so that's mine. I have a lot more stories of that hotel though. So Stacy, were people dying to, to book that offer? They were dying to book it. Okay, Peter, any puns that you could help me with here? I'm, I'm, <laughs> my back's getting hurt from carrying it. Come on now. That, that was a killer story. It was that, killer. That How about you, Chris? Do you have anything? I do have a story. I don't remember if I told this to you guys. Um, so, as a young golf assistant at the golf course I used to work at, the superintendent had this uh, um, irrigation pond. And at the bottom of this pit... The irrigation pump got got uh, the irrigation pump got disconnected from the hose that actually fed it to the surface. So he was going to go and pay a diver to come in and go and retrieve this pump for him. 
So, you know, I just started off in the golf industry, but I'm also an Eagle Scout, and I also like to think I'm a really good swimmer. So I said, well, how much are you paying this guy? And he was, well, diver pay is pretty expensive. Even to get him out here, it's going to be like $150. And I'm like, cha-ching, you know, $150, bucks, that's no problem. I'll, I'll do it for you. So we went to the side of the golf course where this pit is located, and it's a giant cement tube that goes down. And the water and the actual housing, I mean, it's pitch black. So you drop the ladder down to get to the bottom, and it must have been 20 feet, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when the, you know, the actual size of the pit is maybe 15 feet wide at the most, when you go down 20 feet, that pressure is pretty intense. Plus, yeah. plus it's black. So... I think I can do this, right? So here I am. I'm in my golf attire. You know, I take my shirt off and my golf shorts, and I and I go and, and take the steps down this ladder to go down this pit. And for some reason, I can't do it. I can't get down. Like, it's the blackness of the water, right? So I just can't do this. So I try and go down face first. I get down about five feet, and I'm like, I, I can't feel the bottom. I can't see the bottom. This is not going to work. I come back up. But I'm like, I can't go back to the pro shop telling these guys I couldn't do this. So I needed to figure a way. So I just literally, and I never plug my nose in my mouth, you know, when I go underwater. But it was the only way it was going to work. Plug my nose. And I just started scaling the ladder backwards, you know, like feet first, just like you would climb down a ladder to get to the bottom. So I'm at the bottom of this. It takes me, I don't know, 10 seconds to get down. And I find the pump, but I also find like just coils and coils and coils of hose down at the bottom of this pit my feet land first and my feet land in the center of the coils of rope so i I grab the pump and the pump's probably like 30 pounds it's heavy and i get up and the first thing i feel is the rope wrapped around my foot at the bottom oh my god at the bottom of this black pit and i'm i'm thinking to myself holy cow i'm gonna die right now so, you know, I was able to stay calm. I, you know, I slid my foot out and then I actually, I was able to keep the pump in my hand and scale the ladder. But I swear there's only been a few times that I felt I was going to die. That was one of them that I thought this is going to be a really bizarre death that I'm at the bottom of this pit, 20 feet down. No one's going to know I'm down there except for the superintendent trying to like wait for me up at the top. It, it was inevitable doom, but I escaped. I'm well, I, and I bet that that it probably you're probably only down there for twenty or thirty seconds, but I felt, but it felt about so an hour longer. <laughs> but an hour, yeah. You know, um, how long ago was this? Um, how long ago was this, Peter? Yeah, like um, how many years ago? Oh man, this was back when Oak Meadow was operational. So I've been around for let me think here, twenty years. This might have been fifteen years ago, maybe sixteen years ago. Okay, so you probably. Well, we didn't know each other then, though. No. So you probably could have just called me. I could have come over actually with the proper equipment and done it, and I would have charged like less than than that. I, that's okay. Yes, but I was <laughs> able to make the buck fifty. It only nearly cost me my life, but I did make the money. But <laughs> I gotta tell you, really expensive dollar fifty. Yeah, hundred and fifty bucks. I consider myself a good swimmer, but there's nothing like going face first into a right. solid black murky cylinder of water like oh my gosh it, that, that will steal you <laughs> it's tough yeah that's why i wouldn't have gone without my light but that's okay yes 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 you live and you learn anyways <laughs> big guy what do you got you got something spooky um, or scary well a little um so shortly after my father passed um i came out of my bedroom in the house of my brother and my mom and I were living and the the way it was set up I had there was an open hallway and you could look down into the family room and for those of you not from an Italian family in Chicago the family room you never go into unless you have family over it's like the white carpeting the really nice couch that is still rock hard because nobody sat on it in <laughs> the good entire 25 years it's been owned <laughs> Uh, no, it was not covered in plastic. <laughs> My mom did not have it in plastic. Um, but I looked down and I swore. I I, I still honestly kind of think I did see my dad look up at me from the couch. Um, now my parents wow. got divorced years before this house was even 
we ever lived there. And to my knowledge, he never set foot in that house. Um, <clears throat> but then I literally kind of quickly walked that open hallway, went down the stairs, and by the time I got halfway down the stairs, there was nothing in the room. Wow. Huh. Wow. So Goosebumps. It, it was... I don't know if it was just my mind playing tricks on me, being that he had just passed away, right. or yeah. if that was his way of saying goodbye, yeah. or, or what it was, but... Okay. It was a That's little creepy, cool, but... Though. Heck yeah. yeah. Okay, so, you've heard our spooky stories. So, this is our Halloween special, and last year we had a special that involved the EDCOT community and, and the listeners of the show, and that was a zombie special, but, you know, we want to do something a little different this year. So, what actually we thought... Uh, because Tyler Lee is still sitting in we, cabanas. We didn't want to. We didn't want to put any extra <laughs> heat on Tyler Lee this year. We're purposely doing this show to take the pressure off of Tyler Lee. Um, so what we decided to do was we were going to talk about some of the urban legends of the Walt Disney World parks, um, hotels, Walt himself. So. I think before we actually start going over some of these stories and thoughts, we should give a disclaimer here. Stacy, you wanted to talk about potential things that we could discuss, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, we're going to be talking about some rumors, some urban legends, but also we're going to be reading about some of the, the ghost stories that people have reported about the Disney parks. So I thought that it would probably be a good idea to mention this in case there were any little ones listening, you know, parental supervision is required um, during this podcast. So we're not going to say anything. Um, we won't go into, you know, raunchy details or anything like that, but oh. we're going to talk about some... I, okay. So it'll be family do, friendly. Have to be, it's <laughs> family be friendly language, listening. at least. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Is, is there such so, a show and- as family-friendly raunchy details? I just want to know. I, no, no, that's awful. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to figure this out in my mind. Okay. And we we did we all did some research. I know, shocking. This is very shocking. And we got all of our research from the internet, so we know that these things are going to be all, all quality, um, <laughs> so reputable sources. No, we did not get them from all reputable sources. Some of these are are not reputable sources. So. We're not saying anything is true. Take it with a grain of salt. Wait a minute. You, you didn't get everything from CNN, Fox News, and CSNBC? Or MSNBC, whatever they, they're calling themselves this month? Kind no, of. No, I did not. I did kind not. of. Maybe. Okay. Neither did I. So I that's good. Peter and Stacey. I didn't either, so I'm just making sure. Before we end this show, though, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to give you some time here. I want to know your top two Halloween movies before we end this show. So think about them for a while. Okay. okay? So we thought we would just go and gather up some stories. And, you know, we're going to go kind of around here because we know there's so many urban legends. And, and so we're going to talk about things that might make you blush because there may be age inappropriate, but we're not going to go in crazy detail. You know us better than that. We're going to talk about the ghost stories, but we got so many to go through. <laughs> we're just we're just hoping that we just entertain you a little bit. So, Stacy, why don't you hit us up with the first? What do you want to talk All about? All right. So my first one comes from the Alayist uh, website. I not quite sure about the reputability, but we're going to go with it. These are some sketchy sites, um, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) There's a dead body at Disneyland. Uh, The Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Well, there there used to be. Is a... Okay. Spoiler. Peter. (laughs) She's telling the story, Peter. Let her build it up. Come on, no. It's a a hot shot. It's a hot spot for for rumors. Now you have me all flustered. Um, (laughs) So, according to legend, Imagineers decided to use real human bones when constructing the attraction because the fake bones didn't look dead enough. Supposedly, they got the bones from UCLA Medical School. One skeleton reigned over his treasure. Two played a game of chess and another met his end when he was stuck with a sword. They say the skeletons remained for many years until they were eventually swapped out for fake ones. However... Some believe that the skull and crossbones behind a skeleton lounging in the bed are real. A cast member supposedly told the Disney blog, the Disney Dose, that the skull was real on video. And we all know that when a cast member says something, it is 100% the truth. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, I've seen this as well. Do you think it's an accurate story, Stacey? Do you think it's... Uh, you think it's 
what do you what do you think about this? I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that it could possibly be be real. I mean, I guess I don't have strong opinions one way or the other. I wouldn't be offended if they had real bones in the traction. Yeah. So that's the question: is Would it bother you? No. I I, I encourage it. Put it in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Especially if somebody, you know, if they gave, I mean, I, I guess they wouldn't probably give permission to give their body to Disney, but I would. I'd give my body to Disney. <laughs> why do I think she's going to regret this show? Why, for yeah, me? yeah, why this, don't we this not is, this. go with that? Let's let's take that part out. This is not so. good. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> that was not meant to be um, something that makes people blush. JJP, I just stop it. Oh, Just God, stop JJP's it. listening. Stop it. All right, Peter, you want to go next, buddy? Um, well, if we're going to be talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, I think we've all heard this one, and I think we need to acknowledge our buddy George, because if we don't, the ride's going to break down. Yes, acknowledge George, please. So apparently George was – It's okay, so here's the thing supposedly George was the name of a welder that was killed during the construction of Pirates of the Caribbean in Florida. Uh, Depending on who you talk to, he was either crushed by a beam that fell and other people will say that he fell from uh, the burning city area of the ride and died after his fall. Um, and supposedly if, if somebody says while riding it, I don't believe in George, the ride will break down. It is also said that if the opening staff in the morning and the closing staff in the evening do not say good morning or good night to George, he gets a little cranky and the attraction will break down. Um... Well, there's nothing that really says George exists. But for the sake of making sure that I don't get stuck on pirates, I believe in George. I believe in George. I believe in you, George. Got this. Well, I'm just. I, I want to see what happens now. I'm. I'm just that kind of guy. Oh, Chris. I just might. I just. I'm might not be, riding with you then, right? Because I don't feel like getting my feet wet. Okay. So I'm gonna, with my luck, it'll break down in the the cannonball scene when I'm in the middle of the thing, and I'm gonna have to like walk through all the water. Well, Peter, the last time I denied that George existed, I was in the ride with that little British kid that stuck his fingers in the water. Oh ne- man! Oh, stop. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna go and take this in a different direction. Okay. We talked about ghosts, but do you know there is a mural at the Grand Floridian Resort? Okay. And it depicts, like, a great Gatsby scene. Have you ever seen it? I don't I'm trying think, to think so. Okay. There is a mural. Okay, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle. I'm going to find out where this is located. But this is off of, again, another reputable website, but BuzzFeed. But I have a picture here. And the mural at the Grand Floridian Resort depicts a Nazi soldier watching over the scene. And in the, in the picture on the second floor, above the Great Gatsby scene, there's clearly a man that looks like he's in military fatigues, which is crazy until you read that the artist responsible for the painting has apparently claimed to have included an officer in the background of the Great Gatsby era party scene. So I have to do more research on this, and that comes actually from verification from Snopes as well, too. So um, interesting. I have to go and do a little more research on this. So this is probably where we should say part of this show is going to be entertainment. We're hoping to verify some of these, but they were too good and too 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 juicy to not include in our National Enquirer mm-hmm. ho- uh, Halloween special. Absolutely. So, Stacy, you're up. All right. So I have one about how lots of people seem to think that Disney won't allow anyone to actually die on its properties. Um, now, I have a whole list, which I'm not going to go through, of people who have definitely sustained fatal injuries in the parks. But um, what they do is, um, in the book, it says, in the book Inside the Mouse, a writer claims that a medic said that this was actually park policy when a guest, um, when a guest sustains fatal injuries, um, they will 
take the guest to the hospital, even if it seems like a lost cause, and they pronounce the they pronounce the person dead at the hospital so that they can claim that nobody's ever died on a Disney property. And it says according to Snopes. So Snopes, we know, is a pretty legit site. So um, it, I think that's super interesting. Interesting. Really interesting. I've, I've read that before, too, as well. So even in the event of absolutely zero hope, like the plane crash in the Epcot parking lot many years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So even they would have to op, uh, not operate. They would have to provide resuscitation until they reach the final destination. Is that correct? That's what I've I've read this in a couple of different articles. I mean, I guess Pete would probably know be able to chime in here too. But I've read that they um, that they continuously try to resusc- resuscitate the person, and then they can pronounce them dead at the hospital. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Pete, so in the event of someone being lactose intolerant and getting four or five milkshakes, <laughs> never. So they're just going to wish they died. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And the people that are with them may be asphyxiated, but as long as they go outside, they'll they'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> Peter, you're up, buddy. Um. All right. So this one is not based in Disney World. It is from out in California and it does contain the Matterhorn Um, we're pretty sure that the ghost story is just an urban legend but there is a sad story behind this in 1984 uh, Regina Young also known as Dolly fell from her seat while riding the Matterhorn at Disneyland and was killed when struck by another oncoming bobsled it was found later that her seatbelt had been unbuckled. Nobody knows if she did it or if it, or it became unbuckled for some other reason. But the area now has been kind of known as Dolly's Dip. And cast members claim they feel like people are watching or someone is watching when they do their walkthroughs on the ride at the end of the day. Hmm. So they've they've reported like not feeling by themselves. <laughs> okay, and I know that can be. Uh, you know, sometimes people just kind of feel like that if they're by themselves, they get a little creeped out. They, your brain can play tricks on you, but okay, you never know. Again, going in an opposite direction here. Chris does that a lot with a, me. A lot, a lot here. So we're going to change the mood here. There is a scene in Who Framed a Roger Rabbit. Have you ever heard about this, guys? Where Bob Hoskins, uh, he goes into the men's room. Have you, have you, have you heard about this at all? Uh-uh. No, I haven't. Peter? Okay. On the wall, okay, in the background of the scene, there's a phone number. And the phone number was legit. Do you know whose phone number it was? And it was legible in the Laserdisc version. And then later on, they, they removed it in later versions. Do you no. know, Peter? Who's? Do you know who it was? No. no. The home phone number of then Disney CEO Michael Eisner <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> was was in Who Framed a Roger Rabbit, and then it was it was obviously removed in, in later versions. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know about spooky, but crazy. Okay, that is crazy. Stacy, you're up. All right, I'm going back to spooky. I have. Um, well, maybe I won't do that one because I think that Pete might want to do those. Hold on one second. I have... Hang on, wait a minute. Pete, can we give him some spooky sounds in the middle of this? Okay. I can't do that while I'm trying to talk. Yeah, that won't work. <laughs> Twice said Peter. Twice said <laughs> Okay, so I have one that's called Mr. One Way. So this is kind of... Um, this comes after George. So like George, Mr. One Way is almost certainly an urban legend. One of the most passed around ghost stories clinging to the Disney parks. It's also the one with the most variation. The one thing that most versions do agree on is exactly what the haunts, what he haunts and where. Space Mountain at Disneyland in California. Some accounts describe Mr. One Way as a red-haired man with a red face. Others say he's a kid dressed in 70s era clothing. The stories say the stories say he tends to hang out in the queue for Space Mountain, although whether or not he talks to people while waiting varies depending on who you ask. The red-haired man apparently doesn't, but the boy does. 
although it's worth noting that the kid version of Mr. One-Way doesn't have any knowledge of the changes made to the park since the 70s. According to some video footage I found, though, Mr. One-Way doesn't wait in the queue at all. He appears only in the actual ride cars, approaching them from the opposite side of the waiting area, the side in which people are supposed to exit the ride, and sitting down in empty seats he can find. It is said he disappears right before you hit the final tunnel at the end of the ride. For what it's worth, a second ghost dubbed Disco Debbie, I think I would like Disco Debbie, is also said to haunt Space Mountain, although her story is even weirder. She apparently, get this, glows in the dark. Wah, wah, wah. That's just some chick that had a lot of white on in the <laughs> black light, really. <laughs> did anyone catch you use the word dubbed? All right, I like that. All right. I did catch that. What? All right, good. Peter, you got a good one for us? Um, well, we've got a couple from the Haunted Mansion, and you guys know how much I love my mansion. That's why I didn't do them. I knew you were going to want uh, them. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, when you skipped them, I was like, all right, well, I guess that means I can do those. <laughs> So, Disneyland California, legend has it that a little boy's mother spread his ashes in the Haunted Mansion without getting park permission to do so. And ever since that, he's allegedly been heard periodically crying for his mother at the end of the ride. He's apparently been spotted at Pirates of the Caribbean as well, which in California is right next to Haunted Mansion. Um, For what it's worth, though, Disney's official stance on ash scattering is does not happen um we all have heard that it does happen occasionally and when it does it gets the whole ride gets shut down very quickly um now there is also one for florida that says a ghost of a little boy has been seen uh riding doom buggies and occasionally there is a there is a photo um, of a little boy peeking out from a doom buggy looking back at the person behind them. The person that took the picture said that although the child is peeking out looking directly at them, there was no child there when they took the picture. There wasn't a child of the similar age within 20 people in front or behind them in line. And it's only a couple of dune buggies in front. There is no flash used no visible light and all infrared um I think we can all kind of glimpse from this one that and and Michael Black may have had something to do with this picture I'm not sure but photoshop is pretty amazing stuff yeah that picture just kind of looked a little weird that picture is (laughs) about as fake as it gets okay let me sorry (laughs) let let me play off your story okay i'm going to read from the article right now i want to play off your story because well it would of course be my turn uh an unnerving story has made the rounds on disney fan blogs people regularly scattering the ashes of loved ones at disneyland and disney world well today back then the walt disney well the walt disney (laughs) Walt Disney did not speak on this matter. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Walt Disney Company. <laughs> Walt Disney said, we have no idea. Well, today, the Wall Street Journal, bum, 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 has confirmed the urban legend. And we're not talking about a couple of cases. This happens on a monthly basis. Disney employees even have a special code to report when it happens again. The code is called the HEPA Cleanup. H-E-P-A. You know the acronym if you're a vacuum person. All right, you need that kind of filter to suck up very fine particles like human ashes. Okay, so for the recent report, the journal talked to custodians of the park who have taken part in cleaning up human remains, as well as three families who have admitted to spreading them. Okay, so they say <laughs> there's been some quotes here. The one quote that I actually really enjoy is the uh, one Disneyland custodian says, the haunted mansion probably has so many human ashes, it's not even funny. That's the quote they get from the Disneyland custodian. Nice. Human ashes have been spread in flower beds, on bushes, in Magic Kingdom lawns, outside the park gates, during fireworks, in displays, on Pirates of the Caribbean, in the moat underneath the flying elephants of the Dumble Ride. Most frequently, they've been dispersed throughout the Haunted Mansion. Um, so, it goes on a little bit further, and but essentially, you get vacuumed up if they see that, and <laughs> pretty much put in the trash. Though, it certainly wouldn't 
stop people. Now, I know it's it's human remains, so you know we could probably stop discussion. We actually talked about this. I don't remember how long ago it was a year or two years ago and whatnot, but um, it's a real practice. And you know what? From the bizarre side of me, you can almost see it for how passionate people are with Disney that they right. want they want to have one more time. But again, it oh, is. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I can you know. I I have a picture on my phone. It says my last two wishes are one, I want to have my remains scattered at Disney. Two, I do not want to be cremated. <laughs> nice. So I mean, there's people out there. Nice. So let's talk no further about this. Um, Scott Gerke, you're still uh, you're still in, in control here in this situation, just so you know. All right, next next person. Let's move along here. Let's move along. Stacy, you're All up. All right, so I have a kind of a cool story that I found in a blog. The blog is the DisneyWorldEnthusiast.com. So this person told a personal story about his about a time that he had in Magic Kingdom. So I'm just going to go ahead and read his story. I thought it was kind of creepy. So it says, on a solo trip I took earlier this year, I headed over to Magic Kingdom on a day with early morning extra magic hours. I arrived 30 minutes before the park was to open to find that the crowds were very light. I knew that once the park opened, I would easily be able to walk onto any ride that I wanted. I decided that I would make my way to Big Thunder with a quick stop at the Haunted Mansion first. When the gates opened, I strolled down Main Street, taking in the sights just as the sun started to rise. Most of the guests walked toward the castle on their way to mine train or an important meeting with the princess, I would guess while a few others hurried to Tomorrowland. I found myself completely alone as I meandered toward Liberty Square. It was a strange feeling for it to be so quiet in the park during the day. My kids and I have been in Adventureland at night when we were the only guests in sight before, but the daytime isolation had an eerie feeling about it. In no time, I arrived at my destination, the Haunted Mansion. As a child, I was absolutely terrified of this attraction, and to be honest, I was probably a teen major before I really felt comfortable experiencing it. Now it's one of my favorites, and I look forward to riding it several times each of my trips. On this particular day, it would be my first time experiencing the attraction alone. As I approached the Haunted Mansion, I noticed that no one was in line. There was a cast member out front, and she waved me on through the entrance. Once inside, it was so early that the doors were open through the stretching room to the loading area. I slowly walked in, unsure of whether to bypass the pre-show and head straight for the Doom Buggies or not. After a couple of moments of standing alone, I left the stretching room and made my way directly to the loading area. The cast member waved me into the doom buggy and said I was the first ha- happy haunt of the day. I climbed in with no one else in sight except for me and the cast member. I sat back to relax and enjoy the attraction as my doom buggy began to creep down the first long hallway. A few seconds later, as I'm looking ahead at the backs of my empty doom, bu- doom buggies ahead of me, I see what looks to be the... F- oh, this is kind of like the same thing. It looks to see what looks to be the face of a little boy peering out from behind the ride vehicle behind me. I nearly jumped out of my seat because I thought that it was, I was the first rider of the day and that I was alone. I quickly calmed down, rationalizing that the cast member that boarded me must have been very confused. There was a family already ahead of me on the traction. I went about my day, not giving the little boy another thought as I enjoyed the grim, grimming ghosts around me until I reached the end. As I climbed out of my doom buggy, the cast member as I exited, said that he hoped that I enjoyed being the first hand- happy haunt of the day. Startled by his comment, I quickly asked him if I was sure that there wasn't somebody just ahead of me that got off the ride. He said, nope, I was definitely the first, and if I wanted to stay, I just needed to bring my death certificate next time. So I apologize for that. I did not, I skimmed through it, and I was like, oh, there was somebody else on the ride. That's pretty much the same thing that Pete just shared. <laughs> so, But it was in more detail. <laughs> it was. <laughs> No, that's a that's an awesome story. How spooky is that? And the the, the cast member right tells you, nope, you were number one. You know, Peter, what do you got? Um, we're gonna head back out to California. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I seem to have all the ones where somebody actually died. It's just very morbid. <laughs> um, the monorail ghost. It is said that a spectral figure can sometimes be spotted prowling around the monorail track. He apparently only appears at night, and he vanishes whenever a tram comes. It stems from a real incident back in 1966. A 19-year-old named Thomas Guy Cleveland tried to sneak into Disneyland by scaling the park's outer fence and climbing along the monorail track when he was struck and killed by an oncoming monorail tram. So the moral of that story is don't go climbing the monorail pillars because... The monorails are fairly quiet. <laughs> you may not hear it coming. Interesting. Um, there's been yeah, se- there's so. been there's been several accidents and a few deaths. A cast member, you know, at Walt Disney World, uh, you know, the engineer. Um, yeah. Uh, 
that one is why we don't have monorail purple anymore. Mm. Um, okay. But, yeah. Well, let me lighten the mood here, you creepy guys, <laughs> for criminy crickets. So, Peter, do you still have any friends that are, are, are men that have long hair? Stacy, you know any guys that have long hair? Yeah, actually, I do. Yeah. Okay. So, do you know when Disneyland first opened, you know, even right now, you can't have any visible tattoos. you got to wear the arm sleeve or the leg sleeve. But uh, it was just recently that they could start sporting facial hair as long as it was, like, neatly maintained. But do you know that when the park first opened up till the late 1960s, men with long hair were not allowed in Disneyland? They were actually turned away from entering the park. And that is documented truth. They could not enter the park. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Of course, I never never had that problem, but we're going to go on. Let's change the subject fast. Go ahead, Stacey, you're up. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell the story about a monorail ghost. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds intriguing. Please, go right ahead. There's this boy in the Haunted Mansion. Don't don't do that. (laughs) My story, or my next one, is about the Tower of Terror. Chris, do you know about long hair? (laughs) Very Very good. Well, we all know Chris doesn't know much about long hair. There was a time, though. There was a time that I had longer hair than I do now, which, of course, is not very difficult. Well, that doesn't take much. No, Peter, in high school, do you know I had long hair in the front? You know, at the time, I was listening to a lot of new wave music, and I had long hair in the front. I got to go dig up a yearbook. I got to show that picture to somewhere. Maybe I'll put it on Adcott. (laughs) The big, long front hair that I used to have. I have to go dig that up. That's amazing. All right. Let's move along. All right, Tower of Terror. In this story, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is said to be haunted by a former bellhop that died during his shift on one of the loading platforms. The story goes that this bellhop ghost is known to appear on platform D, flicker the lights, and freeze the attraction when cast members are trying to do their final ride through at the end of the day. Now that would creep me out if I was a cast member working there, and it's the you know it's like the final ride through there's no guests around and things like that start happening like that i think would i don't know that just that's creepy to me even if nothing did happen at the end of the day i'd still be creeped out every time we had to do a final ride through okay you guys remember me telling you about how when i was at uh studios for moonlight magic with b we rode that a number of times and we were the only two people on the ride at one point Uh two different points the last ride that we had we got stuck at the bottom and nothing it just stopped moving for like ah. a minute and a half hmm. so maybe okay i don't know maybe it was the bellhop maybe it was the bellhop peter what do you got um i don't have a lot much other than that i mean we can go into a bunch of them, but a lot of them are going to be kind of rehashing the same ones. No problem. I got some. Can I can I run with a few of these goofy ones yeah, here? Yeah, go for it. I don't think I have very many left, so go for it. All right. I got a few of them. That, uh, did you hear the rumor, the urban legend about the guest that was decapitated on Space Mountain? Yes. Okay. So it was reported that a passenger was decapitated on Space Mountain, which we have all felt the impending death on Space Mountain. We know what that feeling is going to be like, right? When we go through that ride. Yep. It's false. Okay. So the truth is that when they were testing it, there was a test dummy placed on the ride in various heights to see how far. And at full standing position, yeah, it did come back without a head. So I guess the moral of the story is do not stand up on Space Mountain. There have been people that have been hit on Space Mountain. Like there was a a gentleman that was hit. And later on, after they evacuated the ride, there was a camera and like a candle at the bottom of the ride. And that hit him in the head. But there was no... Yep, that, that, that is a true story. That there was a person that sued Disney for head and neck injuries. And they found that there was a camera on the bottom, like a camera had been released from somebody... And fell. Oh, and a candle? And, and a candle. And That's bizarre. they were at the bottom. And that is a true story. But no one was actually ever decapitated. 
Okay. That's the first one. I got a couple more here, but we're going to kind of lighten the mood here. Is that is that cool? We might actually go a little little bizarre here if you guys don't mind. So, sure. what do you know about the uh, Anna and Elsa's parents? Peter, never mind. You can go and tune off for a while. Um Stacy, yeah, what what do you know about Anna and Elsa's parents? Well, they seem to have perished in a horrible storm which devastated my kids when we saw the movie. So, Okay. Um, it was it was horrible. Maybe Tra- tragic. Maybe Christopher Buck and Jennifer Lee, the directors of Frozen, confirmed during a Reddit uh, that Anna and Elsa's parents were indeed heading to a wedding when their boat sank. According to Chris, however, they did not die on that boat. They washed up on the shore of a jungle, and the queen later gave birth to a baby boy. They struggled and built a tree house, but were unfortunately eaten by a leopard. Okay. Sound familiar? Yeah. What is it? It sounds like Tarzan. Emperor's New Groove? It's the Emperor. Boom, baby. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Tarzan. How does that sound for a Disney urban legend? That sounds pretty cool. I don't know about timelines working out, but... Heck, we're here to just to make you smile and entertain you. Today. I like those. Yeah, I like those conspiracy theory things. Those are kind of fun. Okay, what do you know about uh, Simba when he flops down on the edge of the cliff? What do you know about this? Um, he's real sad. Well, he's kind of sad. We're not going to lose our family rating, but supposedly clouds of dust float off into the sky, and people spot various words in the clouds of dust. Do you know what they spot? Oh no. Yes. What did they spot? Chris? Well, well, no, Stacey. You said yes. So I'm gonna let you do this one. What? 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 No. what, what <laughs> the words S E X seems to be spotted in the particles, right? And they're people, just looking for the gender of the baby. Well, that, actually, you know. Disney says there is letters, but it's S F X, which oh. was put in the movie as a nod to the special effects team. That uh-huh. worked on the movie. So get your mind out of the gutter, Nyman. I'm just going to throw I it out. I don't know what I was thinking. What are you thinking? What are you talking about? Don't but, know. But since you got your mind in the gutter, let's talk about Flash Mountain. Have you heard about Flash Mountain? <laughs> no. All right. So this one wouldn't be too hard to imagine, but uh, you know there used to be the photo cameras, <laughs> and there still is the photo cameras. There's a very famous picture of Peter Panacorvo. Tamara no, Sp- don't even try to put me in this. Hang on, you're not... It's, uh, how did I tie Flash Mountain with Peter Potter Peter and Tamara Spidell and, and, and Sarah and Tamara's mom. And okay. I guess, well, uh, this is a bad tie-in, and people are like, like where is this going? But yeah, Where is this right? going? It, it, is, it has been known that people will routinely, women will routinely flash themselves in this camera. Oh, it's just an accident. There, it's going so <laughs> it's fast. It's an accident. It's an accident. Wearing flowy shirts. What? And... What? The yard dogs got out. What? What happened there? No. <laughs> so, so now the photo pass photographer quickly scans for that. Do you know the penalty for doing that though? Ejection what? from the park. Ejection from the park. Wow. Is this a real good. thing? It is a real thing, and and cast members have confirmed it happens on a daily basis, even still today. Oh my gosh. Yes. So That's crazy. Poor. Poor Tamara and whatnot. Having to go through that yeah, story. Yeah, Tamara, this is a, this is a warning to you. I apologize. Not so, to mention her underage daughter. Yes. What is wrong with you, man? Yeah, this this is this went bad. <laughs> Can Cinderella's castle be dismantled for a hurricane, Peter? No. Can part of it be dismantled no. for a hurricane? Okay, what part of it can be removed for a hurricane? None. Ooh. <laughs> so the spires stay up in the hurricane no matter what. Yes. Are you sure about this? Yes. Okay. What kind of an idiot's going to sit there and pull a crane out to take that stuff down in the middle of a hurricane? Very good. They have been hurricane tested for like hurricane four gale force winds. So uh, just so you guys know. And before we wrap this up, which I don't know if you guys got any more. um, I have one. Okay. But it's. It's not Disney related. I just want to tell this one because it's a good one. <laughs> oh Lord! Did anybody flashing anybody? No. Okay. I so. know. It's just. It's just like you just thought of this because something reminded him. <laughs> there was a guy. Was you there was no, a guy. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Very good. It's just one of my favorite ghost stories. All right. Hit us up with it. 
So this one's from back home. And this one is the story of Resurrection Mary. Oh, gosh. This would scare me so bad when I was little. So Resurrection Mary is a ghost story of the vanishing hitchhiker. The legend is based outside of Resurrection Cemetery in Justice, Illinois. And Mary is considered Chicago's most famous ghost. Since the 1930s, several men driving northeast along Archer Avenue between the Willowbrook Ballroom, previously known as the O'Henry Ballroom, and Resurrection Cemetery have reported picking up a young female hitchhiker. The young woman is dressed somewhat formally in a white party dress, and it is said to have light blonde hair, blue eyes, thin shawl, dancing shoes, carrying a small purse, and is very quiet but very pretty. When the, res- when the driver nears the cemetery, the young woman will ask to be let out, and she disappears into the cemetery. Uh, <coughs> it's said that Mary had, been, had spent the evening dancing with a boyfriend at the O'Henry Ballroom, and at some point they got into an argument and Mary stormed out. She had not gotten very far when she was struck and killed by a hit-and-run driver who led the scene, leaving Mary to die. Her parents found her were grief-stricken. They buried her in Resurrection Cemetery wearing a beautiful white dancing dress and matching shoes. Now, there have been substantiated stories of this and sightings up through the 80s and 90s even. And there is actually a section of bar on the front gate to the cemetery that looks as though that section of bar has been burned as if by somebody or something walking through it over and over again. Okay. Um, I mean, and these are (laughs) not, there's an, there was an author. Let's see. I've heard of this story before many times. Yeah. There was an author that did a book in 1999 that connected to someone that went and she was di- she died in an auto exit in 1927 on the way home from the O'Henry Ballroom. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of different things mm-hmm. that point to, that say this could be real. And, you know, there were people that have gave a very detailed story about it. Um, you know, it's just these these people when they they tell their story, some of them people call him nuts, but then other people say, "Look, he's not an idiot. He's right." You know, guys exactly. um, describe one of the the uh, storytellers as not an idiot or a maniac, but rather, in his own words, a typical fifty-two-year-old working guy, a veteran father, little league baseball coach, churchgoer, the whole shot. The simple explanation is that you picked up Chicago area's preeminent ghost, Resurrection Mary. Mm-hmm. So, so easy. Let's end with one more Disney urban legend, if you would. Okay? But I want to make this as legit as possible because it is the granddaddy of all Disney urban legends. And we actually debated doing a show on this, and we couldn't quite pull it off the right way. So we had to go legit with the story. Quoting pbs.org so this is legit and this is by dr howard markle how a strange rumor of walt disney's death became legend so what can you tell me about what you know about walt disney's death stacy and peter what is the what is the pervasive story about this do you want to know what the urban legend is or do you want to know what he actually passed away from and everything else well so it one touches the other. So let's talk about the urban legend because I'll, I'll, I want to read the article. It's, it's going to be about five minutes in length, but I want to read the article because it touches on both. What's the urban legend about Walt? Oh, that they have him frozen in the basement of Disney World. Okay. So, Stacy, you got anything else on that? Um, no, he died of lung cancer. That's yeah. Okay. There is credibility to the subject of. Uh, of cryogenic, you know, freezing and cryonics and whatnot. Uh, one of the best baseball players in the history of baseball's family is in litigation. They have been for years in this bizarre fight over, frankly, t- 
Ted Williams' head, which has been cryogenically frozen. Um, and so there is truth to that rumor. So, But the story is that potentially Walt didn't pass away when he said, or maybe he did, and he was frozen to be, I guess, reanimated at a later point. So it is the National Enquirer moment of the show. But we're gonna <laughs> I make, saw he did that reanimated. That's right? funny. We're gonna, yeah, exactly. We're going to make this as legit as possible. Okay, so I'm gonna take take five minutes here. Let me uh, let me read this to you guys, and I apologize for any mispronunciations. How a strange rumor of Walt Disney's death became legend on December 17, 2018, by Dr. Howard Markle, PBS.org. When you hear Disney on Ice, oh Lord, here we go again. When you hear Disney on Ice, you may think of a wildly popular ice shows featuring Mickey and Minnie Mouse and other skating and hockey arenas across the nation. But there's also a disturbing urban legend that Walt Disney's corpse was frozen in a cryonic chamber containing liquid nitrogen to be revived at a later date. This week, 52 years ago, television and radio broadcasts shared the news that Walter Elias Disney had died. The cartoon mogul who created Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck had produced some of the Hollywood's greatest hits, dreamed up Disneyland and Disney World, and was one of the world's most beloved storytellers. He was 65 years old. It's hard to pin down exactly when the rumors began. In early 1967, a few weeks after Disney's death, on December 15, 1966, a rec- reporter for a tabloid newspaper called The National Spotlight claimed he had snuck into St. Joseph's Hospital in Burbank, directly across the street from Disney Studios, where he was treated during his final illness. As the story went, the reporter disguised himself as an orderly, broke into the storage room, and saw the deceased Disney suspended in a cryogenic metal cylinder. In 1969, the French magazine... E.C. I.C.I. Paris, and later still the National Tattler, the National Tattler in the U.S. advanced the rumors by predicting Disney would be thought out in 1975. Some went as far as to claim that his burial spot was a freezer stored underneath the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland. And then there were several former Disney employees who continued to spread false stories about Disney's supposed big freeze during the 1990s these now discredited legends were codified as expert quotes in a couple of less than reliable disney biographies to be sure disney was a science fiction fan who looked forward to all future advances in science technology and medicine his creation of epcot the experimental prototype community of tomorrow which his brother roy later slashed in the into a quasi world's fair was originally designed to demonstrate how Americans would live, work, and survive in the future, and Disney couldn't help but raise some eyebrows in his last film that he produced. Sensing his impending demise, he ordered the cameras to roll as he addressed his department heads one last time, seated at his famous desk, just like he did during his television show that aired each Sunday, a smiling Walt appeared to make laser beam eye contact with each colleague as he told them of what he expected their performance in their future would be, and that he hoped to see them soon. Some have speculated that he had read or heard of Robert C.W. Ettinger's 1964 book, The Prospect of Immortality, which synthesizes both believable and less likely ideas about cryonics. That book and many others like it have appeared long after Disney's death, predicted a day when medical science advanced far enough to repair the damage the once disease person who was frozen, allowing cryonics experts to thaw them out and bring them back to life. For the record, there is no solid evidence suggesting that Disney was frozen. The website Snopes.com has produced a superb point-by-point analysis refuting virtually every aspect of the cryonics and Walt Disney legend. Perhaps the most convincing conclusion comes from Disney's daughter Diane, who wrote in 1972, There is absolutely no truth that my father, Walt Disney, wished to be frozen. I doubt that my father had ever heard of cryonics. In truth, Walt Disney was cremated two days after his death, and an urn containing his ashes were interred in the family mausoleum in the Forest Lawn Cemetery of Glendale, California. It was a small private service attended only by his wife Lillian, his daughters, their husbands, and children. A chronic smoker... Disney's staff always knew he was coming down the hall because of his hacking dry cough. He had been in declining health for much of the last years of his life. 
fans of the NBC television show Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color began to notice how haggard and exhausted he looked on the air and wrote concerned letters to him about how raspy his voice had become. He was a longtime sufferer of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and emphysema, as well as severe damage to his cervical spine from falling off a horse while playing in a Hollywood polo tournament in the 1930s. In early November of 1966, Disney began to complain of severe neck and leg pain that interfered with the legendary ability to work and create. A chest x-ray uncovered a tumor the size of the walnut in his left lung. Uh, An oncological surgeon recommended the immediate removal of the large portion of his left lung. He cleared the most pressing things on his desk and returned to St. Joseph's for surgery on November the 6th. The surgeon found the tumor to be consistent with bronchiogenic cancer. Disney's concern about this extensive surgery was how short a breath he was going to have, but the real problem was that the lung cancer had already spread widely to his lymph nodes and elsewhere in his body. The always energetic man struggled to go back to the studios after the operation, but the chemotherapy and cobalt x-ray treatments drained him of his creative and physical powers. He was rushed back to St. Joseph's Hospital two weeks later and died of circulatory collapse on the morning of December 15th. When contemplating his near Himalayan shadow over popular culture, it's not hard to imagine why a Disney on Ice legend is so appealing, Americans never stopped loving good old Uncle Walt and all those wonderful stories, songs, and characters he introduced to the world. Our children and their children continue to thrill the always familiar yet constantly expanding magic that is Disney. Who among us wouldn't want to fantasize about the day he magically came back to life? Boom. What do you think about that? very good article besides my my poor reading but what do you think about that (laughs) that is the granddaddy of all walt is frozen his head is frozen he's under the pirates of the caribbean and none of that appears to be true but it's such a juicy thought and perhaps it like harkens back to people's like connection to walt they just don't want to let they just don't want to let it go they won't let it go exactly it gives them some hope you know know, sometimes people just want to hold on to that hope yeah gotcha all right, guys. Like I asked earlier, I need your top two Halloween movies. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Peter? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I will settle for one good one, but two is what I'm looking for. I'm going to go with Monster Squad and Little Monsters. Oh, Little Monsters is a good one. Okay. Stacy, they're both they're both dumb, funny, and kid friendly. So, yeah, one of them even has Fred Savage in it. For the love of God, come on! Yes, that's why I love. I, I had such a big crush on him when I was little. All right, I'm going to pick the Halloween series. Um, good old Mike Myers. Is that who that is? It is right, Mike Myers. Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, am I, what is is happening here? Um, We watched the whole series in a row in college one time, and it was just like the most fun couple of days that that right around Halloween. So, I'm a total wimp. I'm a wimp with scary movies. I'm angry at you. It is the Halloween series, but it's Michael Myers. It's not Mike Myers. It's not Austin (laughs) Powers. It's Michael Myers. That's why it sounded so weird. Right? right? It was not Austin Powers. That's even better. That his mom and his friends called him Michael his whole life. Nobody ever called him Mike. I mean, come on. And no one who ever saw part three, <laughs> the season of the witch, ever thought that was a quality movie in any way whatsoever, but agreed. Halloween. That was a horrible one. Season of the witch is terrible. I don't know. Six more days till Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> so Halloween one and Halloween two, even though they appear in chronological fashion, supposedly after the the first one ended, it's completely different because Laurie's hair changes color and whatnot. So you can tell there's a timeline. But if you want to watch two movies back to back, Halloween one and Halloween two, even still today. They're wonderful. They're wonderful yeah. on the holidays. I have them DVR'd from like 10 years ago, and I won't like like delete it. I just keep on watching. <laughs> so the commercials are so outdated, but Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 are my favorite. Yeah, those are good. Uh, see, I, I would watch that just for the commercials at this point. <laughs> right, me too. I'm watching the, they're probably more entertaining to me. I'm watching uh, Walking Dead updates from Season 1 <laughs> back a decade ago, but whatever. Never mind. 
All right. So we hope we entertained you, made you smile, made you laugh, made you a little cringe at our thoughts and our scary <laughs> stories. But anyways, have a safe Halloween, everybody. Enjoy yourself. And we're going to see you in November. Trick or treat. Bye, everyone. can't believe that I repeated Pete's <laughs> stories because I just I skimmed it I just I skimmed the, the beginning and then I saw at the end like I saw you the did. last part like like he she it turned there's nobody else in the ride but I didn't read specifically what he saw and I was like I got to the part I was like oh crap what do I do I'm just gonna go with it you got no bailout you had to create a completely new story and then the person died right there he didn't do a good enough job I better do a better one. Terrible this. I especially enjoyed the part where you said, "Oh, this is just Pete's story." As you kept <laughs> oh, this is the one Pete just told us all about. I'm going to finish what I'm saying now. You were committed. I'm like, should we just scrap this? Let's you were committed. You just got to finish. You were committed. Oh, oh man. <laughs>